Welcome to the We Talk Careers podcast, brought to you by Women in ETFs. This is Christine Delano, and I'm thrilled you've joined me. Twice a month, we'll meet an amazing executive who'll share a story about her career and give us some great insight into her success. So if you are pursuing excellence in your own career or intrigued by the hustle required for a career on Wall Street, this podcast is for you. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe. Survival is essential. Success is great. But what does it mean to thrive? We've compiled the most popular and compelling advice from our guests and created a Thrive Guide with a workbook on leadership skills such as clarifying your vision and growing your influence. You can grab it at christinedelano.com. To find out more about our show and our guests, I invite you to follow me on Instagram. All these links will be in the show notes. So put aside that massive to-do list and let's get inspired. In this episode, we are talking to Kelsey Mowry about career promotion. Often advancement in this industry requires moving firms and reinventing the next version of yourself and your capabilities. Kelsey was able to grow in her career from administrative support to president in the same company. She's here to help us understand how to manage perceptions at the same time you mature in your career. No easy feat. Kelsey Mowry is president of Motley Fool Asset Management. She is responsible for the firm's strategic growth, ensuring operational excellence, and serving as a tireless advocate for their fund's shareholders. Prior to taking the helm, Kelsey served as Director of Strategic Partnerships and Director of Shareholder Experience. Kelsey has a BA in Business Administration from Arcadia University. Before her tenure at The Motley Fool, she worked in property management and procurement. Kelsey and her husband have two children, age three and one, as well as a yellow lab golden retriever mix weighing in at 110 pounds. (laughs) His name is George. Kelsey spends all of her time outside of work playing with her young family, and I have it on good authority that she enjoys a good red wine, as I do, and spine-tingling horror movies, which I used to, but somehow don't have the stomach for anymore. But I am pleased to welcome Kelsey Mowry to the We Talk Careers podcast. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you, Christine, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. So are we catching you in Norfolk this morning? Yes, it's a, a raining day today in Norfolk, but uh, I'm happy to to be away from the warmer weather and, and entering the fall. Yes, me too. Me too. I'm up in Maine and I'm actually looking out at some gorgeous trees. I think we've had an extended sort of peak season, which is, you know, just lovely for not only us, but all the folks who come in from out of state and clog up our highways, which is, you know, (laughs) super fun for all of us. (laughs) Sounds beautiful. (laughs) So horror movies, huh? That's a, that's a thing for you. You know, I'm very sensitive. Uh, so watching anything that isn't an action or horror movie is is a little disruptive for me. I, I get uh, like really ingrained with the characters. So yeah, it's it's all or nothing. It, it either can be a Disney movie, but it it mostly needs to be a, a horror or or action movie. <laughs> That's great. So you can turn off that sensitivity with a horror movie. You're like whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. Usually not as many like emotions or feeling are involved with them, so it's easier for me to watch. Oh, that I I hadn't really thought of it that way, but actually. <laughs> 
lot of sense. A lot of sense. So today we're talking about career promotion and moving through our career in the same firm, which shouldn't sound unusual, but actually is in our industry. And so I'm so excited to have you here to sort of talk a little bit about your experience. But before we sort of drill into that definition and what it sort of means for us, maybe you can start us with a story that kind of helps feed into this idea of how do we move through gracefully in opportunity? You know, it's actually interesting as I was thinking through a good story to tell, I was thinking about how I wound up on this podcast. Uh, If you Mm. talked to me this time last year and asked me about my network or industry connections, I'd probably have a, a hard time coming up with any I was in the thick of our conversion of mutual funds to ETFs. So fast forward to the beginning of just this year, 2022, and one of my colleagues who has always been a mentor for me, she essentially forces me out of my comfort zone and signs me up for working hours with with Sonia, who founded Choir. This was the first time I ever really let my, my guard down with a group of strangers. I shared my imposter syndrome and fears of establishing authority not only as a woman in the industry, but also as a a mother of young children. Well, actually, it wasn't all strangers in the meeting. My mentor, Mona, had signed me up along with herself, and she revealed, I won't say it was her evil desire or plan, but to (laughs) further push me out of my comfort zone into public speaking. And in that moment is when I agreed to my first podcast. Uh, I really felt right then, that positive motivation, it was encouragement really, again, from this group of then strangers to have the confidence or at least the tools to fake the confidence until it felt natural. So this meeting was also when I learned about women in ETFs. So that same day, I I signed up for WE and started looking into everything the group was doing. And I found myself wanting to make sure other women didn't wait so long to find out about WE Uh, So I started bringing it up constantly when in meetings with other industry women. And one of those meetings was with Allie Doyle, uh, who's over at NASDAQ, who then turned around and asked me if I'd be a panelist at the WE Breakfast for Inside ETFs. I, of course, said yes uh, and made sure that I signed up for the exchange breakfast so I knew what I was getting myself into. And I was just blown away hearing all those incredible women speak. Absolutely. One of those incredible women... um, that I met uh, during exchange was Laura Morrison, who I know is a board member for WE. Yes. And who's also such a wonderful, wonderful person. She starts introducing me to people in her network, uh, which really created a, a snowball effect through this past summer between podcasts, events, and other panelist roles, including a, a session at Future Proof on quiet quitting in September, uh, which resulted in an email from you letting me know a friend attended my session and would I like to be on your podcast? Wow. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, Obviously didn't know all that backstory. And, and I think it's, it's really amazing how fast you went from having a very small network to having a very expansive network. Cause by the time I met you, through sort of the Laura connection to this last gig with future proof, yeah, I mean I I wouldn't I wouldn't have known that. And isn't Laura just an awesome person? We had her on talking about um culture in our companies and she is just so wise. So I I I love that we have that mutual connection in common. 
Yeah, I would definitely agree on on the wise aspect and and the pace. I think it has been so quick, but it also feels like this network of people, especially in the ETF industry, it's really a, a family culture. So it it feels like it's I've known these people forever. I agree. And what's interesting about the WE network, so women in ETFs, is it is really what you put into it, you get out of it. I really have seen so many people sort of expand their networks, find opportunities, find careers, find jobs, find mentors, just by leaning into so many women and men that are willing to sort of spend the time to get to know new people, get to know new opportunities, um, see people in, in different ways. So I love that the Women in ETFs network that I know I've been involved in since almost day one and I'm on the board as well. It's it's such a love for so many of us and so gratifying to hear these stories because, wow, that's <laughs> that's why we created it. So I love to hear that that's such a, a linchpin in, in the story of networking for you. Absolutely. It's been a wonderful path for the past uh, few months, uh, getting to know everyone. So today we're talking about career promotion, how it is that you start in one place and in a perception that folks have about you and then able to move into the top spot within a firm. So can you define career promotion for us and for our listeners? Sure. I I would say career promotion is navigating your growth journey within the same firm, uh, really successfully becoming a lifer. Yeah. So a lifer, so staying at the same firm. One of the um, reasons why I was so excited to get you on the show is it seems that many of the conversations I have within my network, women have had to move from sort of company to company as They've sort of come to the pinnacle of the success that they can have and the expectation that they feel from those around them. And they see an opportunity somewhere else to not just make a lateral move, but a promoted move within their career. And I know that's been the case for me as well. I you know, stayed quite a long time at a number of firms, but each time I saw it as this sort of opportunity to reinvent myself and move somewhere where I could sort of manage that perception. So one of the, I think, exciting things, Kelsey, when I look at your career in starting at Motley Fool Asset Management is that you were able to come in and, you know, start in this sort of jack of all trades sort of position, position yourself there, and then manage the perception as you moved through your career in one place. So can you take us through that a little bit and sort of share what that trajectory actually looked like? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one item to note is it almost sounds like I had a master plan <laughs> from, the, from the beginning. And of course, all of this tends to develop as, as you work through. So my step one was really identifying a company that fit with my values. So once I had my sort of eyes on the the prize of working at Motley Fool Asset Management, the next steps were where do I fit in and what do I love about the industry? And one of the things that I really connected with was the operational side. And the growth there just happened naturally, but not without help. I had the the drive and the the want uh, to learn and expand myself 
but I also had a team of people around me or, or colleagues who also were focused on my career development. So I started off small. I was, uh, of course, just at an ex- executive assistant level, but really plugged myself into the conversations that I found interesting. Uh, so I really learned by just going right into the experience. That makes a lot of sense. I often tell people younger that are sort of starting out in the career, take advantage of all these opportunities. So, you know, you see something interesting going on. Don't put yourself in to lead it, but put yourself in to be a participant on it and then show yourself as invaluable in that project so that you get the next opportunity to lead the next one that comes and always sort of putting yourself out there to sort of learn the new thing work really hard on it and be seen as a real asset um, as opposed to sort of waiting for the opportunity to come to you is, do you think that's sort of a modality that you used as you moved through your career? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that example that you gave um, where you are becoming the authority on a project, that's how you really grow internally and you sort of establish that confidence of your peers. So when they see you leading a project or being able to tackle different issues on your own and being a self-starter, that confidence um, of your colleagues just will follow and grow um, as you lead by example. So tell us a little bit about the transition into the top role that you have now as, as president. Like, was that a seamless sort of opportunity? Was there just a gap that you sort of stepped into? Did you raise your hand? You know, what did that actually look like? And was everybody sort of on your side um, for that role? You know, that's a great question. And when I think about it now, it was something that I always knew that I wanted in the back of my head but I never could picture myself in it. I didn't have my own confidence to, to raise my hand. It was one of my mentors, uh, the same one who, who pushed me into that early conversation, also um, pushed me into putting my, my hat in the ring for this role. She could see the abilities that I, I couldn't. Um, I, I think I was not nervous in the role itself, But in that authority state, I was nervous about sort of the acceptance there. And it really took some pushing from other people to make me feel comfortable in taking that next step to the next level. Wow. So it really required that you had already built up sort of a reputation and a network internally in the firm to sort of buoy you into that position. I mean, I guess that says a lot (laughs) about, you know, sort of your perception within the firm that people not only prized what you did, but also wanted to see you succeed. Is that a culture at your firm now, the, the concept of wanting to see people succeed? Was that simply for you or is that a culture that, that is enjoyed at the firm? No, it's it's certainly uh, across the firm. You see a lot of mentorships and mentees, coaching, and really uh, the best way to develop great leaders is by seeing great leaders, um, mm. leading by example. So taking that top-down approach um, is really pivotal at our firm, and it's it's a, a way that you get people, I think, to to grow to their greatest potential. That makes sense. So 
When we're looking at practical advice for folks, I have to sort of take a step back and think so much of what we talk about with younger people coming into this industry is to really take a look at the firms that they're joining, right? That corporate culture is so important. The people that you are going to be working with, so important. This is a tough industry. There are tough choices. There are a lot of hours spent away from your family and a lot of compromises that need to be made. So choosing the right spot for you is so important. So it seems a shame if you spend all this time finding the right fit that you would actually need to bounce from firm to firm, right? Because wouldn't it be great to do as you've done, which is to identify this great place to be and the reasons why have made the right decision, landed there, um, and then be able to actually take the journey with the firm and the people around you throughout your career to, to the spot in which you're supposed to be, whether it be the president, whether it be you know a different sort of pinnacle career for your own capabilities as well as desires. So take us through in your ability to now have really great retrospection on your own career, what are those practical steps that our listeners can learn from you on career promotion? So I think once you've done the the hard work of identifying like your core values and doing the the research behind it, finding that company that is the right fit or or the right companies that are the right fit for you. I think sometimes it needs to be a lateral move or even a step back to get your your foot in the door. Uh, but from there, it's navigating those internal operations and workflow, identify who's successful at the firm, use them as your mentor and really align yourself with colleagues who seem interested in your growth potential. But I think something that's really important and, and you don't see really being talked about right now is be transparent with your goals uh, to be promoted. Don't keep that an internal secret and don't assume your boss or, or their boss know sort of that career trajectory that you have in mind for yourself. I think a really good company will want to nurture and develop their personnel starting at the leadership level, but it, it does take that hand raising. So you need to dig deep, I think, within yourself and become motivated and also flexible. Uh, you need to go above and beyond, uh, step outside of your comfort zone. For me personally, it was a lot of faking it until you <laughs> until you make it. Uh, I'd find myself volunteering to be the lead on projects and then feverishly taking notes so that I could Google later after the fact some of the terms that we were talking about. You need to really stick your your neck out there so that you can uh, work through, I think, some of that discomfort, but constantly learn in the moment. Right. And our last episode was actually on faking it till you make it. So if folks missed that one, I um, really encourage you to to take a look at how we thread the needle between the faking it till you make it, but at the same time, building that confidence and building the education, building the experience, which is exactly what you're talking about, right? Like in the moment, going with the flow, showing confidence to those you're leading with and leading. And then later on, you know, furiously going to Investopedia, Google, wherever you need to go to, you know, to find the answers of things that, you know, are just outside of the experience. You know, I, I think it was fun hearing Alex talk about the fact that she had this perception that people were all born with this knowledge that somehow yeah. hadn't been downloaded into her yet. And knowing that everyone throughout their career has moments where 
it feels like that. But managing the fake it till you make it in a way that you don't believe your own <laughs> faking it for too long, you actually need to sort of dig in and gain both the experience and the knowledge to move forward. Yes, absolutely. But I think outside of Google, what what's also really important is your network and also colleagues that you trust. Uh, you need to feel comfortable raising your hand and say, hey, I, I didn't actually understand this, or can you walk me through this a little bit better? And I think developing that sort of inner circle where you can be honest and 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 say uh, that you might not be up to speed or to have that extra brainstorming session, uh, I think is critical as well. Absolutely. And so taking this step back with practical step-by-step advice, I just want to kind of summarize this and see if we've, we've covered a, a lot of the pieces that I think I would love for our listeners to be able to sort of, you know, sit with a bit and sort of evaluate as if, if they are in a role now that will enable them to sort of move in their career. So identifying where they're at, is this a culture that's going to promote as well as encourage them in their careers? Um, And if so, sort of identifying those people who are successful, those people that they can nurture both as mentors and mentees um, within the firm, be transparent with your goals hand raise when it makes sense and seek out advice at other times. And then it's important, you said, to stay motivated and flexible, go above and beyond and utilize fake it till you make it when you need to, but assuring that you are using all your tools in your box to really gain the knowledge and the experience necessary to grow. Does that sound about right? Yeah, absolutely. So during all this, how are you managing sort of the perceptions of those around you so that they don't continue to see you as the executive assistant that you came in as, but they actually see you as a potential president of the firm? How are you doing that? I think that there's a lot of boundary setting that needs to take place. It's not easy to reframe someone's perception of your capabilities. So it's a lot of setting expectations with your colleagues. It's um, working with your managers on realigning some of your workload so that some of the more administrative tasks get pushed off of your plate and, and keeping that constant communication of what your current role actually is. So there's a lot of communication that has to take place, but I think those boundaries are really important because you can very easily slip back into old ways. I I think anyone out there who has been in an administrative role, you help people. And when someone comes to you and they have a deadline or they need help with something, it's very easy to want to help them. And you should help them. They're a teammate. But you have to really think about that snowball effect of if I do this administrative task, will that then pile up across all of your different colleagues to where you're never really leaving that role? So sometimes you have to have hard conversations of, listen, I really want to help you, but I'm trying to grow. And I I need you to understand that my role has changed and then maybe giving different avenues of, of where they can go for help. But you do need to have hard conversations sometimes when you're setting those boundaries. 
This really harkens back to a recent conversation I had with some friends who were, it was almost like a little mini intervention and they were saying, you need to start saying no, (laughs) you know, and I am just, I I love to help and I love to sort of jump in. That sounds interesting. Yes, I will, you know, and then eventually I'm like sort of leading whatever it is that I jumped into to help. And I think that I don't know that I can truly become a person that says no, but what I've started to sort of take from my mini intervention was (laughs) maybe I just need to help teach people how to find even a better person than me to do what is that they need to do. So using the network that I've already built and the people that I already know, sort of shifting the expectation that folks have of what I can do and actually finding them a better person to do it. And that I think will certainly relieve the the pressure that I have on me now to, to do so many things, but also give people opportunity where they should have it. And I shouldn't be hogging these, <laughs> these opportunities <laughs> that in a lot of cases just sort of bog down what our transparent goals are. And if we're not transparent, then folks don't know to, to come to you and have many interventions, right? Like my friends who came, they did it out of love because they're looking at, you know, how are you going to get, you know, I'm, I'm a fiction writer. And so a lot of what I'm trying to do is spend time writing. And if I'm going to say yes to too many things, that's kind of the easy thing to sort of check off and be like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And so, you know, keeping ourselves accountable to the goals that we've expressed to others helps others see in us those times that we need to sort of reframe those conversations to include others in opportunities. Does that make sense? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's where that that transparency of of your intentions really comes into play and having those those check-ins. So if you have a coach, if you have a mentor, if there's someone that you're working with on these goals, check in on, hey, are you setting those boundaries and those steps that you put in place? Where are you on them? So a- absolutely. It's not as easy as just starting to say no to people. And, and that's also not the right way to remain a team player, but giving people other options of what they can do or, or trying to brainstorm a solution, I think is, is the best way to go about it. Right. And what's exciting for 2023 on this podcast, we keep talking about mentors we are going to do a number of episodes where we're going to talk to mentor teams. Um, So we are going to have folks on and we're going to talk about how mentors are met, how mentors are fueled, um, different ways in which people mentor each other. What does it look like to be in competing firms? What does it look like to be in the same firm? What are the types of mentors you need at different times in your career? So I'm really excited about that because it feels like more and more as I talk to women who have succeeded, it is not on an island. It is because they have brought the right people into their lives um, and they're able to sort of speak truth and speak truth bi-directionally. So I'm excited about that and there'll be more um, about that as we move into next year, but just kind of a reminder for all of our listeners. So Kelsey, we have made it almost to the end and I always have sort of the same question because as I mentioned, um, I love writing, I love reading, um, I'm a big fiction nut, but also nonfiction. Can you tell us something that you're reading now that our listeners may want to pick up? 
So I think we've come full circle because uh, actually same with the, the movie topics. I love darker books. Mm. I love uh, fiction series, the the Dexter series, but I'll call out uh, two books, uh, Invisible Monsters by Chuck Billinuk and The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, which is on Ted Bundy. Wow. Yeah. So I I have um, three children in my middle one. She's the sweetest thing and she loves true crime and she she loves these things too. So um, I'll have to check back with her as, as to whether she's read these, but I will put a link into the show notes for them. Thank you for that. I don't think we've gotten true crime yet um, <laughs> as a recommendation on the show, but I know it's very popular. So I, I really appreciate that. Kelsey, thank you so much for being a guest and being so candid about your career and offering such great advice to our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you, Christine, for having me. Absolutely. And thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. I hope this is not just information, but you let it be transformational in how you think about your career. I'm rooting for you. To find out more about diversity, opportunity, and events in the exchange-traded fund industry, please visit womeninetfs.com. And while it lasts, be sure to grab your Thrive Guide on becoming the leader you want to be. You can download it at, with a K, christinedelano.com. If you haven't subscribed to We Talk Careers podcast, please make sure you do so. And if there's a topic you'd like us to tackle, let us know. All links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening.